0: This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. We always sign off our podcast with Dave saying, for the love of fly fishing. Dave, you do it better than I do. Yes, I do. (laughs) But one of the aspects of fly fishing we love is fly rods. And today we're going to talk about, for the love of fly rods... We have never discussed this topic. Haven't we? No, I guess not. Not really. Not like we're going to talk about it today. Oh, that's right. Man, there is something satisfying about using a fine tool or a piece of equipment. Doesn't matter whether it's a Wilson A 2000 baseball mitt, a Matthews bow a set of Craftsman wrenches or a Fender Stratocaster guitar. You have one of those, don't you, Dave? I do. I have a 1994 40th anniversary Fender Strat. Wow. There's a huge
1: story behind that. A a friend who's a pediatric ophthalmologist hit midlife and had a crisis, and he had a bunch of guitars, and he said, you know, Dave, I'm just going to give you this guitar. And he gave it literally... Gave it to me.
0: Wow. And then
1: he gave me a Mesa Boogie amp, which is this really oh, sweet amp. So the story is I have a Fender Strat, I have a really nice Fender Strat, and I did wow. nothing to earn it. That is so. something.
0: And it probably cost a lot more than your fly rod, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In
1: fact, if I need a couple fly rods, I might sell that thing.
0: Oh, yeah. No kidding. Man, all of a sudden you got... You had about six sages with you and Winston's, and like, whoa! What'd hey, you what do? Hey, what happened? Well, I sold Just my name <laughs> Fender
1: Strat. Yeah, I don't want to sell that. But oh anyway. man!
0: Well, today we're going to talk about our journey in choosing and using fly rods, and we're hoping that this will help those of you who are new fly fishers. Now, for veterans, we hope that this might prompt you to think about and appreciate the finely crafted fly rods, or go out and buy
1: another one. Yeah, that's too. right. Or okay? go out
0: and buy another one. So don't don't blame us <laughs> yeah. if, if that happens. Uh, do not have uh, your, your spouse or your parent or whoever else uh, uh, email us upset. I mean, that, that's on you if, if this podcast prompts exactly. you to buy a new fly rod. Exactly. Well, hey, to get us started, uh, I want to ask Dave a question. It's, it's kind of a trick question. Dave, how many fly poles do you have?
1: I have none, as in zero. I have only fly rods. Not fly poles.
0: Hey, that's a good answer, Dave. Man, Where Steve,
1: you? you really are the school marm, aren't you?
0: I, I know. you got to keep us all straight. I know. <laughs> I, I think I brought that up in a recent podcast anyway. But, yeah, the other day I was reading Norman McLean's novella, A River Runs Through It, and this is what it says. He says, always it was to be called a rod. If someone called it a pole, my father looked at him as a sergeant in the United States Marines would look at a recruit who had just called a rifle a gun. So anyway, public service announcement. Just want to make sure if you're new to fly fishing, it is a rod, uh, not a pole. And a gun is not a gun. It's a firearm. Yes, that's very true. (laughs) That's very true. So Dave, what was the first fly rod you ever purchased or used? You may have been there when
1: I purchased it. It was an 8-foot, 6-weight Fenwick fiberglass from that little sporting goods. On Main Street, Lewistown, Montana. Oh Do you yeah, remember Man, that?
0: Y- yeah, you kept him in business. You bought a rifle there. I did. Too. I got my two seventy. You, you got a th- gun. A, a gun, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did. I think. I yeah. think it was my two seventy that yeah, I purchased there. Yeah, it was. There. I was going to say it was a two seventy. Um, wow. My dad still uses that. He's such a dead shot with that thing. Man. But, but yeah, so it was it was an eight foot six weight, and of course I didn't know what I was buying. I think it was forty nine dollars. I think is what it was. Sure.
0: Well, and back in the day, Fenwick was, uh, was, I mean, a, was a marquee it rod. It was a yeah, marquee yeah. And, and fiberglass was the thing. What so else was
1: there? I don't even know if there was fire. It was there was graphite back then. You know, it was I don't know. No, there
0: weren't. Less. Yeah, they were just emerging. I mean, that's back what like nineteen eighty or, or something. Eighty eighty one. Don't date so. us yeah yeah that's that's right stop with the dates i know back when we were both nine right <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i remember my first fly rod very similar it was an eight foot maybe it was eight and a half but it was I i can't i think it was six weight i i don't know if it was five or six but it was a, it was a day Iowa. I think that's how you say it. They they made oh, a lot yeah. of uh, rods and uh, spinning reels. Yeah, yeah, they did. They made spinning rods. I had uh, I had a little ultralight, and that's why I got the fly rod. Cost about uh, 1995, and I split the cost with my brother. <laughs> I mean, this is in the mid 70s. It had level line. It had a cheap Martin reel. Then I actually built a couple of Fenwick fiberglass rods. I, I bought a book by a guy named Dale Clemens on fiberglass rod building. Huh,
1: you built some rods? I
0: did. I built some rods. I, I tied and, and that's pretty amazing because I'm not really artistic. In fact, that's even being generous. Yeah.
1: Or technical.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's right. So but no, I, I tied the you know, I tied the guides on and in fact I think I even at first I I glued the cork rings together and then you know I didn't have a lathe, so I, I put those on a like a dowel rod, stuck it in a drill bit, and I had to somebody, maybe it was you, no I think it was my brother, you know, who ran the drill and then I would have a piece of sandpaper to try to shape the thing. <laughs> it was pretty ugly. so I went ahead and just went and just bought the, you know, bought the, the cork handle, but, yeah, I put all that on and varnished it, and it was it was kind of cool. Did it but, work? Uh, yeah, it did. I I used that thing for a long time until I finally bought a uh, bought a, a real graphite rod. So, what but,
1: was your first high quality rod?
0: Yeah, well, after that, I I did buy a cheap uh, graphite rod. Again, I don't know why I kept getting these eight foot or eight and a half. Well, I know why because this guy had an eight foot six weight. Graphite rod left in, in Manhattan, Montana. He had a little sporting goods store uh, when we first uh, moved to the Gallatin Valley, and I, you know, and he convinced me to buy. It was like a Scientific Anglers. It was I think he sold it to me for forty bucks, but he said, "Man, this is an eighty dollar rod." I'm like, Woo. <laughs> well, so anyway, so I had that. But my first high quality rod was an Orvis Silver Label graphite fly rod. It was nine foot six weight. Uh, back when I got it, and this would have been the, um, oh, I don't know, the late 90s, it sold for about 250 maybe 375 bucks. But I actually got it as a package. I got it with a bat and kill reel and weight forward taper line for about $350. So I, th- I think I, they probably threw in the line like I paid for yeah. the rod and reel. But it was a two-piece, and, and that was... Uh, you know that silver label was kind of the middle of the the line. Although at that point, I don't know if Orvis made anything that was higher end. Now they do, but you know yeah. it was just a good Their blue H collar. Yeah. And you know what? I would still be using that rod today, but it was a two piece. And so when I moved, you know the the four piece technology didn't happen until I don't know when it was. Was it the uh, the early two thousands? And somebody will know the exact year, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was all two-piece then. Well, when, when I moved to Illinois and we started, you and I started flying back to Montana, and then airlines started charging for, uh, you know, carry-ons or, or for you know additional check bags. I uh, I realized, you know, I'm not going to pay 25 bucks one way, so $50 a trip. I'm going to get a four-piece. I'm going to get a four-piece. Yeah, so. for sure.
1: And so, for years, the four yeah. pieces, the wrap on them was. That they their action wasn't right. good, but all yeah. of a sudden the technology yeah, changed, changed, and, and so yeah. that was fine. Was so,
0: yeah, that was my first rod. I'd still have that, but I, I gave it to my brother-in-law who lives up in the mountains in Idaho. Uh, he started fly fishing just a few years ago, and and I realized you know he's he's not flying anywhere. He's driving everywhere he fishes. So, uh, I'm I'm really happy he's still using that because honestly, if if it was a four-piece. I'd, I'd still be using it today. Now, maybe the question is, would I have resisted the urge to buy what I bought? But uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. All right, before we continue our podcast, Dave, I just have to say, you smell pretty good today. What's the deal with that?
1: Oh, my. You are way too close to me, man. Move <laughs> over. Oh,
0: my. Oh, my goodness. Well, it sounds like another plug for our sponsor, doesn't it? it uh, does. We are sponsored by Dr. Squatch Soap. Uh, we never thought we'd be, uh, uh, be a shill the, for a right, soap. singing the virtues of, of soap. But wow, this stuff is really, really good.
1: It is. It's Doctor Squatch Natural Outdoor Soap, and you can find it at DrSquatch.com. Now, what is your favorite bar of soap, or maybe I should say, what's your current bar of soap?
0: Well, I'm kind of hooked on the pine tar. I like that, but I'm I'm trying the the new spearmint basil. I'm I'm actually uh, eager for my pine tar bar to uh, uh, to to get so small that I can't use it anymore. It's taken a while; the stuff lasts. But yeah, I've I've got the spearmint uh, basil on deck, and I'm I'm kind of interested in that. And Then there's a new sage that I'd like to try as well.
1: well I'm using bay rum right now. Um, I tried Oh yeah, it, that's good I, stuff. I buy lots of pine tar, but I use it so quickly that i'm i'm interspersing it with other bars of soap and i'm finding i like all these other bars of soap so one of the great things about dr squatch is that it's it's soap it's natural soap it's made in the usa and it's for men right it's not it doesn't come off the same factory line that your your partner's soap comes out of right it's like real soap for guys who love the outdoors
0: yeah that's right it's it's great stuff and it's uh it uh, doesn't have the harsh chemicals, but the smells good. My wife's commented on it. She says, Wow, that, that really smells good. So uh, just because it's a manly smell doesn't mean it smells <laughs> like, uh, you know, like skunk. Yes, yeah, <laughs> st- right, uh, like skunk. Uh, it's great stuff. We think you'll like it. And uh, just by punching in uh, two guys, the number two and then G U Y S, two guys in the promo code area, uh, you'll get 20% off.
1: Yep, do it now. Go to drsquatch.com. And now. Back to our podcast.
0: So, well, what about you, Dave? What uh, What was your first high quality rod?
1: I, I'm struggling even to remember. It was It was an Orvis. It was a middle of the road. It was a graphite. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember exactly the the actual product label, mm-hmm. but I, I just don't remember. But yeah. it was about a $200 rod. Yeah and for quite a few years i never purchased one above that i mm-hmm. used yeah. lower end rods for many yeah. years because i was not fishing mm-hmm. that much i mean i was fishing
0: i thought you were going to say because i was not fishing that well i was a lower end fly fisher and <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well maybe i was yeah. no that's <laughs> my maybe story I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing is during those years i introduced several friends at the time and they're still friends but into fly fishing and literally within a year they they outfished me yeah they started getting into nymph fishing way before i did yeah and but anyway so part of the problem was i think my fly rod no yeah i I think i just use lower end not lower end Mm -hmm. but just more cost-effective rods or lower
0: priced rods for for quite some time and i think that's a good point i mean we we fish for a lot of years with uh you know, with middle, lower end graphite rods, and uh, somehow it didn't prevent us from catching no, fish. No, no, we we did fine with that.
1: What prevented us from catching fish, I think, was more just understanding and knowledge of how to fish. When we went to nymphs, we started catching more fish. Yeah. We went to streamers, yeah. we started catching a lot more fish.
0: Right. But yeah, it's not I, you your know, fly rod. If we had to go back and you know next trip and took two hundred dollar fly rods. It wouldn't make a bit of difference. No, we we would do just as well.
1: Today, what is your really your go-to fly rod?
0: My go-to fly rod is now a 9-foot, 6-weight Winston Boron 2X. And I think I may have told the story before, but I needed a four-piece, so I saved up a little bit of money. This was about, what, 11 years ago, I think it was, maybe in 2007, maybe it was 2008 but I needed a four-piece, needed is the operative word, and I I planned to buy another Orvis. I I liked Orvis, didn't need something more expensive, but the Orvis dealer in Bozeman was out of the Orvis rod I wanted, so I I went to another fly shop, tried out a Sage, and I thought, well, I'll I'll get a Sage, you know, it's a great rod, and spend, uh, you know, 150, 200 bucks more. I thought, I can do that. Well, then the, the guy at the fly shop handed me a Winston and I was, I was smitten. I, I just loved the feel of it. Even, even before I casted it, it was kind of this ultralight feel. And I've always liked, even back to my spin casting days as a kid, I always liked ultralights. And so I, I got that rod and I've, I've loved it. The, the action's a bit faster, but it, it really fits me well. And I have to say, at the time, I just thought, wow, I don't know if I can justify this. I was, I was prepared to pay four, four hundred fifty bucks. That rod was six hundred twenty dollars. What is right it up. now? Well, now it's about eight fifty, and I've I've used mine for ten or eleven years, and I have no plans to replace it. I, I just don't. It's, a, you know, it, it's a great rod, and if if I break it, I'll I'll pay the. I think now it's like. Ninety-five. It's close to hundred bucks to replace it, but I'll still, I'll still replace it. I, I just plan on using that, you know. And, unless the technology would significantly change, it just hasn't in no. that amount of time. No, it really hasn't. I think they have a boron 3x, and they've actually come out with some other things. But you know, it's not like the leap from fiberglass to, to graphite, and you know boron oh, yeah, or something sure. so yeah I I really like that how about you Dave what's your uh, what's your go-to rod these days
1: for the big rivers my go-to rod is a sage one uh, nine foot six weight I love it for slinging big bugs you know large nipping rigs and then streamers mm-hmm. I just it's just perfect for that it, yeah it, it's a beast it really is a beast mm-hmm. and I can't sling it as far as it could possibly be slung. I once had a guide said, "Hey, Dave, how you do? why don't you just let me take your rod for a little, you know a second? So he picked up my sage one. He had a sage one. He said, let me, let me show you how to cast this thing. And he instantly ca- cast it across the Madison River <laughs> oh, man. And it was, I, you just okay, love that. It notion. was like 90 yeah. or 100 feet. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean I can cast a little over half that far, but it, it's a the sage one, it's not a fine-action rod. It's not a yeah. light-action rod that's like that. And that's like kind of the difference, yeah, like yeah. that
0: Winston is.
1: It's a very stiff rod, mm-hmm. and I, I don't like it, actually, for dry flies. Yeah. But, man, if you're slinging a streamer or you're slinging yeah. a, a nymph rig with some heavy... You know some, you know some, a stone fly, maybe two flies that you're slinging. I really like the yeah. stage one. It's a really great ride. So
0: what did he do to, to to cast further? I mean, was he just snapping it harder with his wrists, or do you remember? Just curious. I don't
1: remember. I do yeah. remember the conversation with him throughout the day as he watched me cast. Yeah. He would just say, "Dave, it's not about casting harder, right?" Mm-hmm. He said, "It's all about the right motion." And yeah. and so it was just the way he was able to. Now yes, there was a little more flick of the yeah, wrist,
0: but he had an engineering background. He totally and did. So he, he understood exactly the science
1: of of the whole arc and you know making the rod load. The thing with yep. the Sage One is you have to let that rod load, and yeah. there, you have to be patient for that rod to load. Mm-hmm. And and when you're slinging those big bugs, it's just so different than slinging a size. 14 or size 16 dry fly with that Winston. It's just a whole different feel. So my big my my go-to rod really because I do a lot of nymphing, a lot of streamer fishing is is that Sage One.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: So so why Steve, do you have a nine foot six weight versus a nine foot five weight, which is kind of the the standard. I know you even wrote yeah. a, an article on that. Sure. You know which is the best all-around fly rod. So why did you choose a nine-foot six
0: weight? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question because I, I I don't think as much fly fishing as I've done. I didn't realize until just a few years ago that yeah, the nine-foot five is the industry standard. I, I always thought you know I'd see I'd, I'd get these uh, you know lifetime membership ads from Trout and Limited and. You know, if you pay for a lifetime membership, you know you'll you'll get a you know top of the end Scott or Sage, but it was always a nine foot five. And I thought, well, that's probably because they have a bunch of those left over. No, you're right. That's the industry standard. But you and I fish a lot in the West where there's wind, and I really like it on bigger rivers. I think you know, like the Missouri, the Yellowstone. I, I think it just cuts through the wind uh, better. Uh, I like it especially for streamers but still you know even for even for smaller things i I don't i don't think it feels that heavy i guess it's like a 30-06 compared to a 270 you know it does have a little bit more punch Uh, but uh you know that that's that's the weight i guess the nine foot uh, you know the longer the rod the more power but the less control so you know you could use an eight eight or an eight and a half especially if you're fishing smaller things but i I like the nine it just gets it out there a little longer but i I wouldn't want a 10 as my all-around rod that would be fine for streamers longer cast but uh so yeah that's kind of why any any other thoughts you have about that dave
1: it reminds me when we go goose hunting in north dakota in recent years some of the some of the hunters we hunt with will now hunt with 10 gauge oh wow three and a half really yeah And that thing will knock you on your can. I think those things.
0: I've shot a ten gauge like a couple times in my life. But
1: now with all the technology and stuff, it's not quite as it does. It's not quite as. Impactful yeah. as when you shoot it, yeah. But you know, we I still shoot a 12 gauge, you know, three inch. I actually like 12 gauge, three inch when I shoot pheasants. I just use a really mm-hmm. light load yeah. because once the pheasants get way out there, there's nothing like a three inch to bring them down yeah. at about 50 mm-hmm. yards. So I mean, there's nothing if you can shoot that far, you can bring them down. I sure. guess my point is, with all these things, there are nuances to each, and and the question yeah. always is, it depends, yeah. right? The big issue is wind. And slinging big bugs on big rivers. Yeah. So since I yep. do that, and it's it's a it's a chunky part of the days that I spend fly fishing, I just wanted to go with that yeah. nine foot six. No, weight. that
0: makes sense. So yeah, the nine foot six weight is our go to rod for some fly fishers. That's a nine foot five. Maybe for some it's an eight and a half foot five or six. But that that's kind of the the good all around rod. Dave, what other rods uh, do you have? Uh, for you know maybe for other kinds of fly fishing
1: the one I use for most of the fishing that we do now in the driftless which is southeastern Minnesota southwestern uh, Wisconsin we've never fished in northeastern Iowa but there's some good fishing streams there as well spring creeks there but I use an eight and a half foot four weight and it's a Reddington that I got dirt cheap from a, a fly shop at at the end of the year they were doing a closeout. I think it was like a $200 rod and, and I thought, you know, I, I should add one of these. I've had eight and a halfs before and I thought, I need another one. Mm-hmm. And the price came down from like 200 or 250 to like 100 bucks and then I contacted them and I said, hey, I'll give you 50 bucks for the fly rod because it was at <laughs> the end of the season. I think I finally got it for $64 plus shipping.
0: <laughs> yeah that was really good
1: and i'm telling you that little Renington does the work it's a little workhorse and yep. i don't have mm-hmm. any problems with this you know stuff that we fish yeah. in the driftless i don't use it in the west obviously I use the bigger bigger rod yep. for that but i really like it for the driftless area how about yeah. you what
0: what other rod do you use yeah you know I, I have two other rods like you i have an eight and a half foot four weight it's a, it's a norvis trident tls which i describe as a is a high quality mid level rod. And I like you, I like it for fishing uh, dry flies on smaller creeks. I also have an Orvis 9 foot 8 weight, and that's a TLS power matrix, which I bought for uh, salmon fishing. <laughs> By the way, I accidentally uh, put it in one time. It's in the same color rod tube as my uh, 8.5 foot 4 weight. So I was going to Colorado with my sons and I, I brought my nine-foot, six-weight Winston, let my younger son use that, and then I was going to use my eight-and-a-half-foot uh, four-weight. Well, I got there, and I got it out. I thought, no, I right collar but wrong tube. So I put my four-weight line and reel on my nine-foot, eight-weight rod, <laughs> and that's what I fished with. Somehow it all worked out. You know, out. it did. That's it. I, <laughs> I caught fish. I mean, to the point we made earlier, it worked out. So... Yeah, I have that when I when I go up and salmon fish in the Milwaukee River uh, up in Wisconsin. Actually, another guy, a friend Bob Granger, when I moved to Montana, he gave me another uh, nine foot eight weight. It's a graphite. I don't know what I, I you know the blank doesn't tell me who you know, the manufacturers, but it's a rod that he made. So I actually had that because my son and I, when he was in high school, would go fly fish that together. So I have an extra. So, Dave, sometime when we go up and fish for those salmon, maybe this fall I've, I've got an extra 9-foot, yeah, 8-weight. But, but that's the point. I, I have those, you know, they're, they're for different conditions, and uh, I'd say I use that 9-foot, 6-weight probably, s- what, 55%, 60% of the time, and the, the 8 foot four and a half weight about 30 35 40 percent of the time and then that nine foot eight weights only been about 10 percent. Dave do you have any plans to buy any other rods or or at least uh, a wish list I know this is kind of a sensitive topic uh hopefully our wives are not <laughs> listening to this i'm but, definitely uh,
1: not going to edit this podcast in the living or in the living room yes like I that's normally right do, so she can
0: that's right she can listen yes. in
1: definitely not going to yes jenna so,
0: Priscilla. this is all hypothetical yes, we want you to know I'm very hypo <laughs>
1: yeah. hypo hypothetical so i'm thinking about a 10 foot 2 weight or 10 foot 3 weight for european nymphing i'm looking at a probably a moonshine rod and just a Caveat here: There's, you know, we're not, we're not a shill for moonshine, and so, but it's. I've looked at their their prices, and they've got a good little rod. It's a ten foot two. Yeah, that's I think a it's direct a to market company, yeah, direct, isn't it? Yeah, they're, so, they're
0: not, you're going to win and find uh, the moonshine rods, you know, in, in a local fly shop or Bass Pro or anything. No,
1: so. now they may have changed, but yeah. initially it was started as a direct to consumer brand. Yeah. I don't. I'm learning Euro nymphing without buying a rod, so I don't think you need to learn that because so much of the small runs that are right in front of you. So you're high sticking, and you're you know your heavier flies on the bottom. So I'm learning that. So I'm doing mm-hmm. that using my Sage nine foot six. But if I like to do Euro nymphing, and I figure that's something I want to add, I'll probably end up getting a ten foot two
0: weight. Yeah. So what about you? Well, you know I'm I'm really satisfied with what I have, and that's probably a shock because. Uh, you know me, I always like uh, new gadgets and new things, but I, I honestly don't think I need anything else. Now, having said that... I think that, you do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> having said that, my brother Dave, who's in Colorado, just picked up a, a seven and a half three weight Orvis, uh, the superfine carbon for dry fly fishing, uh, those little creeks in the Denver area and in the Rocky Mountains. And we have another friend uh, named Dave. Every every other fly fisher we know is named Dave. What's with that? Exactly. But anyway, he likes. He has a. Doesn't he have a seven foot two weight? I think it's a two weight. Yeah. yeah, and that that's intriguing. Now, again, I'm not so sure how badly I want one, but he was telling us this to
1: us when we were fishing those trichos. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? So that's that really, really small like fly. That. So he took out this really light yep. setup, and I.
0: So I don't. I don't need another rod, and, and honestly, I, I don't know how badly I want one. I'd almost like to uh, get a higher end reel. I mean, I, I really like the uh, the batten kills I've used over the years. I have a Lamsom now, but, you know, they're they're all the, uh, I think, what is it, the die cast, and I wouldn't mind, sometime maybe, I think I'd probably buy a higher end reel before yeah. I got a rod, but, but you know, if, if like you, if I was doing more lake fishing, maybe I would go with a 10-foot rod. And if you get into u- Euro nymphing, and it's not just that, but if you start catching more fish than I do, then you know I'm <laughs> gonna get a 10-foot rod. Now, I thought I heard you talking recently, too, about maybe another 9-foot-6, just something that's a little finer than that yeah, Sage I 1. Yeah, I am.
1: And I'm actually gonna look at the Winston. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I'm i kinda tired of slinging that, that Sage 1 for dry flies. Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, you know, I still have kids in college. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's always hard to justify a $1,000 rod for, yeah, you know. Yeah, it is. When you need to make a payment. Yep, you know, it really it. is. So, but I am thinking about that. It's yeah. one of those things in the back of my mind that yep. if, if all of a sudden I came across a really good deal, I'd probably pick mm-hmm, one up. So, sure. But I'm, sent, I'm not going to just go yeah. to shell out. No. Another nine foot six. No, you know I'm not that kind of a sophisticated no. fly fisher.
0: So. No, we're neither of us are. But it it is it's fun to dream a little bit. So I guess at the end of the day, it's all about catching fish, isn't it? And the good news, and I hope what you'll take away is that you don't need a high end rod to do that. Now, if you fly fish enough, you might agree with us though that when we say that choosing and, and using a fly rod, and sometimes even a high end one, is part of what we love about yeah, fly fishing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's absolutely.
1: Great.
0: Hey, here are two comments on our podcast on Mysteries of the Fly Fishing Universe Part 2. It was kind of a whimsical podcast, and we had several interesting responses. The first heart was rather lighthearted, or maybe there's a hint of bitterness. Uh, it's from my <laughs> son, Ben. I think we talked on that podcast about how he had to wear cotton gloves and a hoodie under his football uniform in sixth grade because we didn't have a clue what we were doing. Yeah, you were pathetic. <laughs> oh, man, we sure were. Well, a few years it destroyed later. Destroyed him for the rest know, of his it, life. It did. So it when his younger it. brother came along, he got the Nike gloves and the Under Armour shirts. We we were more aware of that. Maybe we had the money, too. Yeah, for but, sure. So this is what Ben commented He's on our podcast post. He said... I still haven't forgotten about the football gear, quote-unquote, I had to wear. Although perhaps that was the turning point for my dream of NFL stardom, to see my desire to spend more time on the river. So, yes, there was a silver lining in all of this. It it redirected Ben to fly fishing. So I I like to think that all that that, uh, ends well... What's the saying? All that... All that is well ends well.
1: I don't know, but what about all those... All the money he spent on the therapist chair working this stuff (laughs) out or in the therapist
0: office. That's true. (laughs) All those years when he wouldn't speak to us. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Ben. So on the same podcast, we also uh, talked about a guy wearing chest waders in 90 degree weather and ankle deep water, but there may be more wisdom in this than you think. Uh, This is what Brian said in his comment. He said, I know chest waders can be hot and sweaty during the summer. But they do offer protection from nettles and other stinging plants, and more importantly, from ticks. Boy, that was good. I didn't think of that. No. He said, a good friend I fish with in the Wisconsin Driftless has just been diagnosed with Lyme's disease. Oh, my. Uh, If you're planning to wet wade, don't forget to spray and reapply insect repellent when necessary. You
1: know, that comes from uh, a guy, this Brian, he, I think his name is Brian Smith. He comes from the UK and then fishes also in the driftless. That was just a really good point. You know, we kind of criticize people wearing that, but there are some good times to... to to wear waders yeah they're really good when it is probably, 90 the, degrees. probably the
0: guy that saw us later was laughing he's probably on his podcast saying ah those idiots wearing shorts and wading sandals you know, he's probably boy. laughing at the white legs that's what he's really <laughs> yeah, that's laughing exactly at exactly right It looks so horrible when oh, we're out man. there that is yeah, just so boy. bad <laughs> well on that that fine note that's gonna do it for today uh tell us about your favorite fly rod what do you like about it and why Please comment on this podcast link at com. What is your favorite go-to fly rod or rods? And thank you for referring our podcast to your
1: TU chapter or fly fishing club or just to a colleague or friend. That or a is, random person you meet along yeah, the exactly. street. Yeah, exactly. If you're walking into Starbucks, tell them about Two Guys in a River. That's right. So, but actually, that's how we grow. It's how we've grown. And we're just grateful for that, grateful for your trust. We'd also love to hear your ideas for podcast episodes and reach out to us on instant messenger, um, or just simply email us Steve Dave at two guys in river com. One more thing, if you haven't yet purchased our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, life is short, catch more fish. You can find that book at Amazon or on Amazon.
0: Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. and I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are two guys in a river.
1: For the love of fly rods, and fly Fly fishing. fishing.